0: all right welcome back to the backseat fanatic i am your host ryan brown and joining me again at the beginning of the episode unlike last week is my co-host maddie classen how we doing good week for cu yeah cu's been really hot lately um we got a little pessimistic at one point there and now we have reason to be a little bit more optimistic, but glad to have you back from the top of the podcast. So we're gonna do our most recent games against Cal and Stanford. Maddie's gonna take the brunt of Cal. I will take the Brunt of Stanford. Um we played Cal last was that last Thursday evening? Mm-hmm. Last Thursday evening to give us our fourth straight win. And then Stanford on Saturday to give us our fifth straight win. So CU is filing on all cylinders coming down the stretch of the season, only playing seven and a half guys. So we'll get right into the Cal game.
1: Yeah. So getting into the Cal game, um, Cal is actually, they're one of the lower teams in the PAC 12, but they were playing some of their best basketball this season. They're coming off a huge win in Eugene, Oregon, playing Oregon, which is a decent basketball team. So they're playing good basketball right now. So are we, so it is going to be a good game. And then getting started, um, typical CU fashion. We get off to kind of a timid start, um, Cal gets some baskets early. CU's not being aggressive. We just are passing the ball around the three-point line for 20 seconds and then hooking up some, you know, not great shot. So that's kind of how our first few possessions went. Um, Cal got up to a little bit of an early lead, but thanks to KJ and Evan Batty um, getting some shots to go, CU was kind of able to weather that. Batty had two really nice mid-range jumpers to start it. KJ had a three and another assist. So CU kind of weathered that, and then... uh, after after kind of the slower start, but we were able to keep it close, a few-point game, CU went 0-9 from the field and could not buy a basket if they wanted to.
0: Yeah, and it, it certainly surprised me as someone who hasn't watched a lot of cow. and I think you could kind of see that it was surprising the players on the court. Cow's really physical. They're really big, they're strong, and they play hard, and I, I think it just kind of took CU a little bit off guard, especially we were in the middle of four games in eight days. And I think a team coming out and hitting us in the mouth like that was just a little weird for us.
1: Absolutely. So I believe before that, CU was down like 14 to 13, something very tight. We miss our next nine shots. Uh, Cal gets Cal starts to knock down a bunch of shots. They're being aggressive. And they slowly grow that lead to 11 points kind of early. Let me check. With With about six minutes to go in the half, they have an 11-point lead. And... Things started to look a little scary for CU. There wasn't a whole lot of momentum on our side. We were having to call a lot of timeouts, unable to get a bucket. So it was interesting to see how we were going to weather that. And thanks to KJ scoring five straight points, out of that we were. And he was being aggressive, getting to the hoop. We'll talk about CU and our ability to get to the free throw line a little later this game. But KJ was really what got us going on that aspect.
0: Well, and a, re- a really quick note about KJ that I just think is so interesting and definitely says a lot about him as players. He's kind of become our guy that, like, if we're playing against another team that's kind of taking it to us early in the game, he, he's like the guy that's looking at everyone saying, like, what, are you scared? Are you scared? And he's, like, might be the youngest guy in our entire rotation. I don't know about the differences between him and Hammond and their age, but, like, you get my point. It, like, he might be the youngest guy in the court, and he's kind of like, I mean, he has to look at Batty sometimes and be like, yo, like, put your big boy pants on, let's go.
1: No, absolutely, and so after KJ got kind of aggressive, CU was able to cut it to about like an 8-ish point lead Um, because Cal continued. Cal shot really well in the first half. We cut it to about an 8-point lead with a few minutes left, and then going into half, traded buckets, and then we had a really good finish to the half. Um, I believe Jabari Walker had a really... Let me check. Yeah, Jabari and Tristan had two really big buckets to finish the half. We're only down 7 at the end of the half, which... Isn't a great look if you just look at the box score, but it was actually, we had a lot of momentum going into the last two minutes and finishing that half. So down seven and a half, CU is actually feeling pretty decent, I feel like, from where the first half kind of went.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, we, straight up, there's no reason to be around the bush. We're better than Cal. We know that. Our players know we're better than Cal. Mm-hmm. Cal knows we're better than them. So, yeah, I mean, you don't want to be down seven, but just good to see the progress of, like, working back into the game. Sometimes we don't do that until the second half. So I thought I thought it was at least good to cut it a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely, feeling decently comfortable there. Getting into the second half, um, this is where CU kind of got hot and Cal really struggled. CU scores, scores on our first three possessions and immediately gets the game within one point, uh, 34-35, with Walker hit two free throws, and Bartholomew and De Silva were being super aggressive getting layups. You could tell that kind of, I guess, Tad Boyle's message at halftime was be aggressive, be aggressive, be aggressive, and that really showed in the first few possessions for CU.
0: Yeah, be aggressive, and I think maybe uh, try a little harder on those closeouts, <laughs> a little bit more communication on defense, because, I mean, if the other team's hot, you can't do a whole lot about that, but the we're going to talk about this at the end, but the difference in the first half and second half shooting numbers of both of these games clearly indicates that CU was trying harder in the second
1: half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe came out a little laz- lackadaisical versus one of the worst, I guess one of the... I guess, bottom teams in the Pac-12. Well, like
0: um, like I said, I mean, four four games in, like, eight or nine days. So, that's I true. Mean, yeah, they, they kind of had an excuse here.
1: Absolutely, and so CU manages to tie it up in the next few minutes, and I believe these next two possessions is where CU really, you know, took the lead, took control of the game, and never lost it. We have two huge back-to-back threes from Batty and Bartholomew, and those two actually assisted on the other one's threes. So Batty hit a huge three assisted from Bartholomew, and then vice versa on the very next possession. Those two were very much in rhythm this game. Um, I believe we went up six right there. Cal had to call a timeout, and that was definitely the momentum swing in the game right there. After that, CU really started to just heat up from everywhere. Um, I believe we went on another stretch where we scored like five out of six possessions. Um, Jabari Walker was hitting threes, uh, KJ being super aggressive and we were just playing harder on defense. I know Cal really struggled to shoot in the second half, but you could also tell that was kind of collateral from our defense playing a lot tougher. So that was always nice to see.
0: Well, and one thing I've noticed with this team and it, it took a while, man, it took well, like 25 games almost Uh when they start clicking, everything comes together. You know, they don't just start making threes or just start playing defense. Mm. It's kind of like it's kind of like an all-around thing, which is why we have these periods where we're down ten at the beginning of the game and we still end up putting by ten. Is because we go on these huge runs where we everything starts to go together.
1: So during that little run that I just mentioned with KJ and uh, Jabari. Um, Cal really struggled to shoot from the field. They were not getting buckets. They scored eight points in the first 13 minutes of the second half, which is really, really bad. Um, I believe CU got their lead to grow up to – or the lead was – CU was up 15 points with seven minutes remaining. They just went on a really long dry streak. They couldn't do anything to figure it out. They were calling timeouts. You could tell their team was, like, starting to give up once he got to, like, that 15-point mark. Um you know, it was just another good showing of CU really able to put a team away when, you know, you kind of need to, and the opportunity was there, and we did.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we definitely needed this win, and I think they probably – I think at halftime, Coach Boyle was probably pretty firm with the the squad. Yeah. I, th- I think he was probably basically just like, hey, look, you know, this is this is one thing when we're in a close game with Oregon or we're down to Oregon at half or some, someone like that, Stanford even. But Cal, I think he was probably just like, look, we need to get it together and get this game sealed.
1: Absolutely, and that's what we did. The game never got within, I think the final score ended at 8 points, but there were some garbage time points there. The game really, in the final 5 or so minutes, never got within 10 points, um, thanks to three guys. KJ, Batty, and Walker. A really, really gross stat that I saw is those three combined for CU's last 26 points of the game.
0: It's really impressive.
1: Super impressive. Um, We'll talk about them and our takeaways a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it was... It was good to see KJ back in the kind of big scoring combo. You know, we talked about him in that Arizona game when he's like, he might be our best player. And then he kind of, I wouldn't say a quiet next few games, but he just wasn't putting up the points we normally see from him. And then Batty and Walker have been pretty hot recently, so good to see them continue that. Oh,
0: what did KJ finish this game? He had 19, right? KJ
1: had 19. Batty had 18. Walker had 19, so...
0: I think that's a career high for KJ.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. He might have... Done something close to that yeah, in the Arizona game. 17 was Arizona. Oh, yeah, that was then it was definitely at the a time. career yeah, high. Yeah, so
0: 19, 19 is a career high for KJ.
1: So, CU finishes the game. Uh, we won 70 to 62. Really good kind of comeback win for the team after being down early. Way to stomp on the throats. And uh, there were a few runs in there that really sealed the deer for us. And, you know, hard defense in the second half with Cal not being able to shoot was what won us the game there.
0: Yeah, two different. In the second half, and this, this is kind of a takeaway before you get into your actual ones, two different runs in the second half where Colorado went on a 14-1 to 1 run. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, combine those. They weren't at the same time, but combine those 28-2 to 2 run, great way to win a basketball game.
1: Absolutely. So, to get into some few takeaways from this game real quick, um, I just kind of mentioned it, but Walker, Simpson, and Batty combined for 56 of CU's 70 points, which,
0: Including their last 26. So including
1: that. the last 26, and you know those guys, we always look to those guys for buckets, so for them to really show out this game, in a game that we did really need to win. Coming down the end of the season, we need to win all of these games, and you know, being down 11 early, I was getting a little nervous, and I was hoping we weren't going to, you know, kind of let one slip from us on the road. Another positive only 10 turnovers this was our lowest lowest turnover count in the last 19 games which is really we good finally to see. did it we <laughs> I know did it. we'll <laughs> we'll get there in a sec but I was it was really nice to see that we're starting to take care of the ball it could it was pretty pretty clear I know Cal is a weaker team but like you said they're, they're physical so it was nice to see us take care of the ball. Our ability to get to the free throw line was awesome this game. We shot 24 free throws and made 21 of them. So, you know, 21 free points is how I like to look at it. Being aggressive, attacking, and not being scared to get to the line and make free throws, it was really awesome to see. What did
0: Jabari shoot from the free throw line in this game? I believe it was 6-for-6. Six he six. was 6-for-6? Six six? Yeah. Okay, so he was 2-for-2. Two two. And then he was 9-for-9, nine nine, and then he was 10-for-10, ten ten, and then he was 6-for-6. Six six. So yeah. he's 27 of his last 27 going into the Stanford game. Yeah. That, that is insane.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's he's probably coming up on some sort of free throw record there.
0: Yeah. And another thing I wanted to mention about him really quick, and I'll, I'll try to cut this down. Um Tad Boyle compared him the other day to Tyler and Bay and Andre Roberson as far as rebounding goes. So so both of those guys are athletic forwards that didn't play center, but are two of the best rebounders in Colorado history. He said he thinks he's that good of a rebounder. And then another thing I wanted to point out, because we've critiqued Jabari Walker's three-point percentage, a big indicator, especially like NBA scouts look at this, at, at least I've read, I have never worked, I I always feel the need, I've never worked as an NBA scout, but I've read that a lot of the time when they're trying to debate whether your three-point number can translate, a lot of what they look at is your free-throw number, because a free-throw number is indicative of a good shot motion and confidence Mm -hmm. when you're shooting basketball. So yeah, your three-point shot might not be there yet, but okay, you have a great free-throw shooting stroke, you're probably going to be able to teach yourself how to shoot threes at the NBA level. Jabari Walker is showing, if he's not showing through his three-point shot, he's yeah. thro- showing through his free-throw shot that he has a, a, an NBA-scalable level jump shot, which, good for him. Hope it means he doesn't leave this year, but good for him.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and then last kind of positive takeaway, um, really good win after being down 11. Um, like I said, this it would have really sucked if we let this one slip on, on the road versus a weaker team like Cal. Good road win keep the winning streak alive, so good for CU. Yep. Don't have too many negative takeaways this game. One negative, and we could look at it as a positive, is three guys did combine for 80% of the points, so I know they are our guys. Um, and we're really only playing with six guys, so you can't look at that too much. I thought it was kind of Bro, weird. Rotation so
0: was small this game.
1: Uh, Hammond played six minutes. O'Brien pr- played 14. Especially kind Loughlin of... Laughlin didn't play at all, right? Laughlin didn't play at all. Yeah, um, it was especially on the when we're on this kind of weird like lot of games in a few amount of days on the road. I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't think the three guys scoring 80% of the points is super negative, but I just think that our rotation is getting kind of weird right now.
0: Well, Tristan, Jabari, and Evan, who are all obviously starters, but are kind of our only big men right now, Mm -hmm. they've all played 32 minutes or more in each of the last of our three games. And I mean, I'm sure Coach Boyle was just looking at it as like, we're not going to the postseason, so we might as well play as hard as we can. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're going to the Pac-12 tournament. That's postseason, but I, I meant March. Uh I don't know. He's kind of running these guys into the ground.
1: No, no, d- absolutely. Um we only had 10 turnovers, but we still lost the turnover battle. <laughs> and I don't I don't think we look into that one too much either, but I would just like to see us win that one time before the season's over.
0: Hey, we'll take 10 turnovers with no, this. No, absolutely. This and
1: then just the slow start. Um we really didn't get anything going until like 6 minutes left in the first half. Um typical CU fashion. Um So those are really all the negatives, but overall, really good game from CU. Happy to see us get this win, and uh, I think we're going to move on to the Stanford game now.
0: Yeah, I wanted to say one thing, and I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have the quote exactly. Uh, Coach Boyle said something about, he said the reason that this team is getting much better is because it's no longer a coach-led team, it's a player-led team, which I thought was a really interesting thing to say, and I kind of thought his quote was going towards Batty immediately, like mm-hmm. he was kind of saying, and he did start with Batty and said, you know, it's so easy to do my job now that with evan out there on the court this late in his career but he was just saying that these guys really they love each other he said that it's one of in his 12 seasons at colorado he said they probably get along better than any team he's ever had he said the planes are more fun than they've been in the past the bus rides are more fun Mm. than they've been in the past and i mean that is just such a huge sign going forward as we think we might not lose any of these guys besides Mm -hmm. evan i mean just a really good sign and really good that boyle can I mean, it's that obvious to the coach. It means it's even more, more obvious, obvious behind closed be doors yeah, to the players and everything like that. So, I just thought that was a cool note that he made. And yeah, I think that's going to cut it for now, and then we're gonna we're gonna take a short break, and we'll be back to discuss the Stanford game, which was a very typical Colorado basketball game. So, see you guys in a second. All right, hopping right back in, we're gonna get into the Stanford game. So, very very typical Colorado start. We struggle out the gate. Seem a little slow. Seem a little lackadaisical. This was the fourth. Of those four games. In like eight days. So as we mentioned earlier. It's kind of fair. But. You can't. Once again, I think we're better in Stanford. We showed that in the game. You can't just come out slow against teams you're supposed to get the win against that night. So that slow start led to a 8-3 to lead for Stanford about four minutes into the game. And we call it a timeout. And then Stanford scores twice out of the timeout, which is the last thing you ever want to happen. So they take a 12-3 lead about five minutes into the game. It looks terrible. We've already used that first momentum stopping timeout, and it didn't do anything. And then finally, Colorado started to work their way into the game. We cut it to 15-8 after... Uh, an impressive, impressive circus layup from Neek. That kid is getting really, really comfortable, and he's going to be so good. Mm. I cannot wait to watch him next year. Uh, a KJ drive, and then a KJ, KJ free throw. So, just those two dynamic young guys being so aggressive. And we started to cut the lead down. It was 15-8, to eight, and then we cut it down to 15-14 to 14, with about 13 minutes left to play in the first half. So... Good on Colorado. We didn't take a lot of time getting back into this one. Usually, it takes us till the end of the first half. We did it pretty quickly here, down to a one point deficit, about thirteen seven minutes into the game.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was funny as we were watching the game together. Colorado was down twelve to three. You look at me, you go, oh, we're, fi- we're fine. We're this where we're always are.
0: Yeah, once we started scoring at twelve to three, and we didn't let it get to like twenty to three, I was like, we should be all right. Yeah, exactly. Right, and dude. sure enough,
1: about- we get right back into it. So that was funny to note.
0: Yeah, Stanford's run ended with a three. Or, or, no, they, excuse me, Stanford ended Colorado's run with a three, and they took an 18-14 to lead. And then KJ free throws in a Laughlin basket, which, just quick note, he's always in the right place, man. He doesn't play a lot, but when he's out there on the court, mm-hmm. he sure as heck does yep. not mess it up. Uh, ties it up 18-18 with about 10.5 to play, so... On the next few minutes, Colorado takes their first lead. I think it was 23-21 to 21, Colorado. And then Stanford quickly responds, and the score's tied. 23-23 to 23 with seven minutes left. So by thirteen minutes into the game, Colorado's already tied again. We're back in this game. Stanford regains the lead 28-25 to 25 with about three minutes left in the half. They just... Their shooting was really good in this half. And mm. I honestly... I think Coach Boyle at halftime, once again, probably told the Buffs to try a little harder, but, like, Stanford just had a hot hand. Yeah, they really absolutely. did. I mean, guys were making shots. It wasn't one guy. I think their leading scorer in this entire game had 12 points, yep. so, I mean, it was, it was super even scoring distribution for them. Everybody was kind of getting it done, and, once again, Colorado just kind of looked tired. We made it a 28-27 to 27 deficit out of a media timeout with three minutes left, so we're down one, and then last three minutes of the half, we're... Pretty uneventful. Only three and four points scored for the teams, respectfully. Uh, Colorado It kind of looked like we... Or three and two points, excuse me. Stanford drilled another three, and then Colorado hit some free throws. So that was it for the last two minutes. And we went into halftime, 31-29 Stanford. So we're only down two. Yeah, a uh, very back-and-forth game the entire
1: first half. Um, no one could really take control. No one was really scoring. It was kind of a weird game to watch as both teams were just kind of going through the motions, it looked like. It was. Both
0: teams... It wasn't... You know, Late Saturday evening game, mm-hmm. especially at the beginning of the game, there was no one there. Uh-huh. Now, to their credit, the, St- the Stanford crowd, clearly, they filtered in. Especially their student section filtered in over the first half. I'm, I'm sure it was just kids on a Saturday night not getting to the game by the time to tip-off. But it was, I mean, it was a ghost town in there. You could hear shoes squeaking. So, I mean... It was just a weird vibe for the first few minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Stanford was shooting the ball well, especially threes. That was kind of the only thing holding Colorado back. If we could just, I don't know, get a couple of their threes not to go in, mm-hmm. then we probably would have been in this game. Like you mentioned earlier, I felt comfortable down two. I looked at you yeah. and was like, oh, we're going to win. Yeah, that only down two at halftime was like, we're going to win. I feel like that's probably how Colorado felt. That's not that's not a great mentality, but I'm just trying to make the point to the listeners that, yeah, we were down two at halftime, but it kind of seems like we, it, we, we felt good. So, going into the second half, we come out again just lackadaisical, man. Our, I mean, our start to halves is just not great. And they, we're young. I'm sure it'll be better next year. But it's like, dang, guys, don't shoot yourself in the foot in the first two minutes of every half. So, they, they score a few points. They regain a 37-33 to 33 lead with about three and a half minutes in. And this is where the mayor of Boulder himself decided that he was going to win the game for Colorado. The mayor showed up. Tonight. The mayor showed up. Betty hit two threes on our next... We'll call it two possessions. It was about two minutes, but Mm -hmm. it was was a really ugly two minutes for both teams in between all of the made shots in this little sequence. So we'll Mm -hmm. call it our next two possessions. Uh, To make it 37-36 with 16 minutes left, and then another one after they scored to make it 39-39 with 14.5 minutes left. So, I mean, Batty just, we needed offense, and he said okay. And he was 3-for-3 from the three-point line in this game. You and I mentioned he's our best shooter. Do you know what
1: his three-point percentage is this year? It's 50%. He's shooting 50% from three-pointer this year, which is pretty insane. Okay,
0: hold that thought. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. I want to get through this game, but hold that thought. Um, and then after that, Batty finds Neat Clifford for another three. So mm-hmm. we hit three threes basically over like a two-minute stretch. We take our first lead of the game 42-40 to with 14 minutes left. So struggled a little bit to start the second half, and then exactly what you and I were just talking about starts to happen, it looks like. It looks like we're gonna be okay.
1: momentum starts coming our way. Batty's getting super hyped, um, especially for a guy who doesn't show a ton of emotion. He's getting the team
0: like hyped up. You could well, tell. one of the few times he's really taken charge on the road. No, especially, I mean he takes yeah. charge in the CU Event Center, but he usually lets like Jabari Walker handle those road games. Yeah, I mean he he needed offense and he knew it, and he just went ahead and he went for it. Stanford responded again after that, and they they retook the 45-42 lead, which I believe was their last lead of the game. And then Walker drilled a big one on the following play. He gets a steal and an outlet to Tristan, who dunked huge dunk in transition.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then they, it looked like it was going to be an and one. And then as as the smoke cleared, Tristan got a technical <laughs> for just getting in the face. Yeah, the he did. He, I mean, he, he dunked on him and immediately got in his face. And it, there were hands involved, not like punching or anything, but he had his hands up in his chest, mm-hmm. talking talking his shit. So I mean, he got teed up. <laughs> no free throw for him. The other team gets two free throws. They only made one. So after that little sequence, it was 47-46 to 46 Colorado. Then after that, Colorado goes on the run that basically won us this game. Tristan, who the technical was his third foul, and considered as a technical for showboating, I thought Coach Boyle was going to take him out immediately, leaves mm-hmm. him on the court, and Tristan has an amazing lefty step through on the next possession. I was like, alright, whatever, I guess he's stayed in. Then KJ had a t- really, really tough take to the to the rim. And I think, I think it was an and-one, he missed the free throw. Yeah, it was an and-one, and one they missed the free throw, but who cares? He made it up on the next possession. He got to the rim again, got fouled, did not make the shot this time. So he got two free throws, and he made both. After that, it was 53-46 to 46 Colorado with about seven minutes left. Stanford really just, they didn't have a lot going. So two more baskets for Colorado, 57-46. to 46, And then Stanford finally ends the run with a basket. It was 57-48 to 48 with four, and a half, four minutes and 40 seconds left. So we, we built our lead to 11 at one point. They cut it down to nine. And then it was going into the three and a half minute thir- media timeout. It was 58 to 50. So we had an eight point lead with three and a half minutes left. The door is still kind of open for Stanford, but we come out of that media turn timeout. Keyshawn Bartholomew hit some free throws. Batty hits maybe one of his more impressive shots of the year. It was It was, nice. a tur- it was yeah, yeah. He was I mean, feeling it, himself. Yeah, he was feeling himself. It was a, a nice turnaround with pl- plenty of dribbling involved in the middle of the paint. Uh, Announcer said it was going in before it went in, and it in. I thought that was cool. <laughs> and then on the next play, I forget who found him, but he was wide open in the corner, hits a kick-out three, drills it for his three of three, to go three of three from the ninth, from the three-point line. And Colorado scores seven straight to go up 65-50 with two minutes left. So we we take a game-sealed. T- yeah, game-sealed. 15-point lead with two minutes left. Stanford looks de- defeated. Uh, they started trapping. And fouling for the rest of the game. They shot some free throws. We shot some free throws. Final score of 70 to 53. So Colorado goes on two different runs once again in the second half. I, I believe it was like a nine ish point run and then mm-hmm. an eight point run or seven point run. So. Really impressive. Put them away. They only had one basket in that entire thing. So. I was going to
1: say, they really struggled. In the last 11 and a half minutes, Stanford only had seven points. So kind of similar to what Cal did at the first start of the second half, Stanford did in the second half with just the inability to score the ball.
0: Yeah. Uh, Colorado recorded stops on 16 of Stanford's last 20 possessions. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of unbelievable. <laughs> that I mean, and obviously, that's not that's – not a. Forcing a turnover on sixteen to twenty possessions, some of those are just missed shots that Stanford just missed, probably even good shots, but to get to sixteen stops on twenty possessions once again, like I said, of going twenty eight and two over a ten minute stretch is just a really great way to win a yeah, basketball game if you're trying to win a basketball more. game to get sixteen stops in the last twenty minutes you're doing pretty well mm-hmm. getting into the takeaway, so I would just say number one batty batty really led this game you know we we've said down the stretch we were expecting batty to kind of step up. And, I mean, not not like lose a game to do so, but just kind of feature him, have the spotlight mm-hmm. on him because it's, it's the downward stretch of his senior season. Absolutely. But he had 15 points in this game. He was our leading scorer. Um, 6 of 11 from the field, 3 of 3 from 3, like we said. So, I mean, just an unbel- unbelievable game from Batty, yep. really. I mean, the fact that he's shooting 3 of 3 in games is crazy. Yeah. I imagine he's trying to show NBA teams that he can – Serve a role at the next level, and good mm-hmm. for him that he's successfully showing that. You know, I would love if he could at least be on a summer league team yes. or something like that. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. He deserves it. He deserves it for what he's given this program. That's for sure. uh Scoring distribution, just to come right off of that. So he had 15. Clifford had 14, and then Jabari Walker, Keyshawn Barthelme, and KJ all had 10. So this game, unlike last game, we have five guys in double digits. Yeah. It's all pretty even uh Luke O'Brien played twenty minutes in this game k j only played fourteen minutes and had ten points so i mean he he was good and very limited action mm-hmm. Luke O'Brien was in limited action again er Julian Hammond in limited action again, only ten minutes and then, like we said will often got got a couple of minutes there. he scored a basket but um just really 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 even scoring distribution in this game second half defense once again. Stanford was shooting lights out in the first half, like I said, at the, the the halfway mark. If we had just been able to stop them from three, we were probably going to be able to win this game. They shot just 9 of 28 in the second half, and they missed 9 of their 11 three-point attempts. So they were 2 of 11 from the three-point line in mm-hmm. the second half, like we said. You stop the three-point shot, you probably stop the win. Yep, it's exactly what happened. Negative, I don't have a ton of negative either. I mean, slow starts, but... And turnovers, turnovers again. They're always a problem. Slow start, almost always a problem. We usually use game. We actually usually lose games that we have a hot start in. So we won
1: the turnover battle.
0: We won the turnover battle. Finally, <laughs> we still had 13 turnovers, which hey, is, 15, I mean, yeah. that's not a low amount. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we we finally we won a turnover battle, which is. And granted, I think Stanford played like 15 players. <laughs> yeah, they they're all over the place. <laughs> Shout out Brandon Angel again. Gonna do it every time we talk. Every time he plays. Good uh-huh. good job, Brandon. It wasn't his best game, but he's he's really good. I like watching him play. Shout out Brandon Angel. Although you should still only shoot six shots a game. Unfortunately, he doesn't listen. I've asked. Yeah. All right, and then lastly, and this is this kind of comes off both of our last games. So would we put out that Washington, our last Washington, Washington State episode? I'm sure you guys remember. Maddie and I were really pessimistic. <laughs> we. I mean, I. The yeah. mood was we, not high in the room. <laughs> yeah, the mood was not high. We thought the season was pretty much over. I mean, we, we lost two games we probably shouldn't have lost or at least one and then got blown out and one that we shouldn't have gotten blown out in. So, you know, we were a little worried, but five in a row, three on the road. The, the fact that we went three, you know, on that road trip is pretty damn impressive. Huge. Uh, I'm not saying that things have completely flipped and Colorado necessarily has, like, a chance to make the tournament still. But at one point, we were sitting at ninth in the Pac-12. And, you know, we were, we were really down on Colorado and anything to do with their season at that point. We are back up to five in the Pac-12. And we are a half game back on Oregon for the four spot. And the four mm-hmm. spot in the Pac-12 gets a bye in the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, a, a, pack, a bye won't do us all that good because we'll probably play Oregon State anyway, who's one in 14, <laughs> but in the but, back 12 but hear this um
1: Oregon State has four games le- or Oregon has four games left. Colorado has three. They have to play UCLA and USC. So that's two potential losses. I know we still play Arizona, so that might be a potential yeah, but, loss. Yeah, I mean we're going to lose
0: Arizona, but we're going to beat Arizona State. But so. if
1: if we can beat ASU and Utah, uh we're going to be the four seed, which would be nice to see.
0: Yeah, I mean I I think you're right. So I mean basically like this this 5 this 5 game stretch against five teams that to be fair we should have beat. It's not like we had two upsets or anything on this this little stint but Colorado just looks better than they've looked doing
1: right. what we need to do.
0: Right. Yeah, know? and I mean just like we said going into next year with such a young team that's going to be majority the same team any progress you can see is really great and I mean they've turned it on at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh no disrespect to him. I think this team might have gotten better with Eli Parquet's Permanent departure from the starting lineup. Neat Clifford was fourteen and seven in that Stanford game. Mm-hmm. He's double digits, and I think his last six games or seven games. So I mean, he's he's really getting comfortable, I and mean, he's just talented. He's yeah. just he's more talented than Parquet was. And that's no that's, disrespect to Parquet. No he's, dis, just, he's just he's a more talented basketball player, and I think having him in the starting lineup has really made that obvious. All right, well, this episode has been long. Yeah, and... we've got two big games at home coming up, um, one
1: on Thursday night against Arizona State, and then one Saturday night it will be Evan Batty's senior night against Arizona. Anything could happen that night with Evan Batty, the mayor of Boulder, playing his last game in Boulder.
0: Goes for, like, 60 against Arizona.
1: Wouldn't be surprised. Guards be surprised.
0: Benedict Matherin, like, by himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Saturday night in the CU event center against like a top 10 ranked team in the country. Everybody should be there. Top two ranked team in the country. They're in the top two now. Yep. Jesus. <laughs> uh, everybody should be there. Go support Evan Batty and Elijah Parquet as well. But I don't know what the deal is with his foot. I don't know if he'll walk out or whatever. Um, all right. So we will be back on most likely Monday or Tuesday with our next episode. So we will see you guys next week thank you for listening to this episode of the backseat fanatic the backseat fanatic is brought to you by the bold and Scobuff sports the bold can be found on social media at the bold and at www.theboldcu.com and Scobo sports can be found on social media at sbs underscore cu